Chapter 13 The Ghostly Eyeball I see you, said the eyeball. It was a big thing with trailing veins and surrounded by a ghastly mist of ectoplasm. It was mostly white with blue and red pulsing blood vessels. Unlike other eyeballs, however, this one had a big mouth filled with nasty, sharp teeth, as well as two arms filled with claws. Yikes, said Tim. You're like Arnold Schwarzenegger's weight trainer. That stopped the ghostly eyeball in its tracks. Why ever do you say that? Because, said Tim, you've got a big pupil. The ghastly eyeball had no lids, so it could not blink. It could only stare. Is that supposed to be funny? It growled, gnashing its teeth sharply. Stand back, you shall get no further. I am the guard for the rib of Dracula. Wait, didn't you talk to your buddy Freddy Monster? Said Tim. Freddy, bah! He is no friend of mine, and if he has turned on the master, then surely he is a traitor of the most heinous sort. I thought all you monsters were heinous. Bah! Enough of this talk! Go away or I shall devour you. Sorry, said Simon Belmont. Our course is set. We must follow through. It is you who must stand aside. The thing started for them. Simon snapped his whip, striking the thing square in its cornea. The monster was only moved back mere inches, and then it advanced again. Tim looked down at his own whip. He still hadn't gotten the hang of using it. He dropped it and drew his sword. How about a poke in the eye, ghostly, he said, swinging with all his might. The ghostly eyeball flew nimbly aside, and Tim's swing went astray. He spun wildly. The blade whacked into one of the skeletons, knocking it apart. Bones flew everywhere. You see, you cannot harm me, said the monster. I see all. Suddenly, the thing was enveloped by a cloth. Simon Belmont had taken off his cloak and draped it nimbly over the creature. The thing tried to tear free, but it could not. I can't see, it cried. I can't see. Simon then took the arrow and jabbed it hard under the edges of the cloth. There was a loud pop. A spume of green gases smelling of bilge water billowed out raggedly, followed by a burst of light. Then the cape fluttered to the ground, limp as a flat tire. It's... it's gone, gasped Tim. Yes, tossed back to its home dimension. The dimension of monsters, Tim shivered. That's one place I sure don't want to take a walk in on a cold and lonely night. Boy, Castlevania's bad enough. But Simon wasn't listening. He was busy looking up at the pedestal upon which rested the rib of Dracula. With the ghostly eyeball gone, Tim felt much more self-confident about this whole business. I'll get it, he said and rushed ahead of Simon, running smack into an invisible wall. Ow, he said, almost falling backward onto the floor. I almost broke my nose. You know, I think that this arrow may help us again, said Simon. He advanced to the spot where the invisible wall had stopped Tim. He stabbed at the wall with the arrow's head. The wall shimmered like torn sandwich wrap. Simon walked forward through where the wall had been, then up the steps. He touched the crystal globe with the arrow, and it too dissolved. Then he touched the rib of Dracula with the arrow. The rib shuddered and radiated a faint sparkle. He picked it up. We've got it, said Simon triumphantly. We've got the first part, Tim. That was when the skeletons began to move. The skeletons shuddered and shook. Yikes, said Tim. Dracula's making no bones about the fact that he doesn't like us. He stepped up beside the blonde hero, to be of help. And also enjoy the protection of Simon's excellent whip work. When he turned, he saw the skeletons were joining together, and from their joined bones and skulls a face was forming. The face of Count Dracula. Bah! he cried, in a voice that sounded like the rattlesnap of a thousand bones breaking. You think you have beaten me! 
but you have so much further to go yet. I have more tricks up my sleeve that will not be so easy for you to deal with. You shall not uproot me from my adopted home. Simon stepped forward. I have sworn upon all that is good, true, and just, that you shall be removed from my beloved land of Castlevania, banished forever, never to return. Right, cried Tim, feeling full of himself. You can go to New York City and visit the Vampire State Building. Yes, said Simon. Go join the other pains in the neck. Ha! The bones rattled with profound annoyance. Simon, said Tim, flabbergasted. You made a joke. You actually told a joke. Simon seemed equally astonished. My goodness, I, I did tell a joke. The vampire, however, was not impressed. The skeleton bones he had possessed shook and rattled. Bones and teeth began to flake off and clatter to the dungeon floor. You shall not beat me, mortal, cried the voice of Dracula as it echoed away. You shall not best my powers, I swear. And then, with the howling of a terrible wind, the spirit essence ripped away from the dungeon. The skeleton bones all tumbled to the floor in a huge heap. We did it, cried Tim. We beat Dracula. However, Simon Belmont was not convinced. We have far to go yet, Timothy Bradley. Very far to go.